watch your bracelets. Hi, everybody. This is Tim Johnson. I'm in the neighborhood with Stacy Borho. And who's our guest today? I have my friend Beth Deary. She is the regional superintendent joining us today. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. We are we are on WPEO. We're on GPS TV. We're on Facebook. We're on Peoria Life, and now on Peoria Area Church. We're all over the place. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, I'm all, I've always been all over the place. <laughs> so um, make sure you tune in. Make sure you uh, go to Facebook and like us on Facebook. We appreciate that. So And you can download us as a podcast. Yeah. iTunes, we're there too. There Very you go. Cool. We're widecasting. Widecasting, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> widecast is the company that yes. puts on all this stuff. So tell us a little bit about you. Well, what I like to say is I'm a teacher. Um, I am Dunlap born and raised. I was born to the principal of Dunlap High School um, long, long time ago and grew up in a community that what I like to call the old Dunlap. I never had a pizza delivered until I went to college, and that is not the new Dunlap. <laughs> and so I went to college at Illinois State University, always wanted to be a kindergarten teacher for as long as I could remember, and I get assigned a student teaching assignment, and I get a piece of paper, and it says Harrison School. And I said, where's that? And so back in the old day, before a phone, I had to look it up and got a real map and drove there. And I had never experienced something like what would have been the old Harrison, the one that's set for demolition down in the 61605 zip code. And I walked into that building and it changed my life. I was 21 years old, um, walked into a classroom of kids that had all kinds of different needs, all kinds of different ways to show love and appreciation and just so smart. And I wanted to be a part of that. And from that, Valeska Hinton Early Childhood Center was being built while I was student teaching, and they were recruiting four first-year teachers. And so I got the call, would you like to be one of those four? And so I started my career at Valeska Hinton Early Childhood Center, which has been open since 1993, and taught for Peoria Public Schools for 17 years. And then one day I was asked to come be the assistant regional superintendent. And again, I said, what's that? <laughs> and, um, I showed up, and since that time, I have now been elected as the regional superintendent for Peoria County. And yeah, that's what I do now. And it is, people say, well, what's the difference? And I say, well, it's still kindergarten. It's just bigger bodies. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a real adventure so far. So what does a regional superintendent oh. do? <laughs> Probably a lot, but... I would bet a lot of people probably don't know what that means. No, they don't. And it's funny. People say, what do you do? I'm the regional superintendent. Well, what's that? Well, Dr. Jerry Brookhart. Oh, Jerry. Now, that doesn't mean they know what the, the office was, but everyone know, knew Jerry. Um, the regional superintendent is, acts as that liaison between what goes on at the state board, the headquarters in Illinois, and then what happens at the local level. So in law, in statute, there's all kinds of things that I have to do. I have to inspect every school building in Peoria County every year. I'm in charge of bus driver safety. I make sure your teachers are licensed in the things that they're supposed to be so that your kids are good to go. Um, I fingerprint all of the educators, maintenance, anyone that is going to be working with our kids to make sure they're safe. So safety is a big part of what I do. Then we provide direct services to kids. I have a preschool for all program which is my favorite, I love. And then the high school at Wildlife Prairie, which gives kids a second chance if they have not been successful at their home high school. And then we give the GED. 
And last but not least, and there's all kinds of other things in terms of servicing children, homeless uh, services, uh, truancy. But then we also have a component of professional learning for educators. Things are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. In 1993, I didn't have a cell phone when I started teaching, nor did I have an email address. And now that's all I do. <laughs> and so things are rapidly changing, and teachers need to keep up with that. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of what we do. And so it is just a constant changing world for sure. So how many schools are involved? We have 18 school districts in Peoria County, one special education cooperative, but 49.9% of Peoria County is Peoria Public Schools. So we do a lot of work with them. Wow. Do you work with the parochial then too or just the public yes, schools? Yes, anything we can do to work with the uh, private schools, including uh, Peoria Christian, Peoria Academy, the Islamic School. There's a lot of things that we've done with them. We were part of a showcase at, uh, we went and visited St. Phil's. They've got a lot of great things going on, so trying to promote what they're doing as well. And we have a great relationship to the uh, leadership of the diocese. Very cool. So when you do go tour a school, you just literally go around each floor and everything? Or what, what does that look like? I'm curious. I, I would say it was me, but I have staff that have been trained. And okay. there's a required training. And then they have everything on an iPad. And they go through and they're checking your fire extinguishers, your light switches, making sure there's no fire hazards. They're checking boiler rooms. They're checking everything. It's an exhaustive list of things that they have to check. But people probably don't know that when schools build or do construction or change things about the school, it goes through my office. They don't go to the board of zoning and all of that kind of thing and fill out building permits. It all goes through the regional office. Okay. Mm -hmm. And where is your office? I'm on the fourth floor of the courthouse, <laughs> which seems strange that come to come visit the regional superintendent, you would come to the courthouse. But as an elected official, I, I like to tell people that I'm on the same level as like the sheriff and the county clerk and, and the coroner. So very interesting. And then you were talking about um, programs for the homeless. What what is that? What exactly does that mean? Did you know last year we have our final data in? We had over a thousand children that qualified for homeless services in That's District One Hundred and Fifty, or no, just in your countywide. Okay. Uh, Mary Ellen Ulrich is our homeless liaison, and what she does for us is, first of all, she makes sure that there is a poster in every school. Why a poster? The McKinney-Vento Act is what uh, spurred on this position as a homeless liaison because there are certain rights that children are entitled to mm -hmm. for their education if they're in a transition challenging phase of their life. It might be a flood in Chillicothe. We had a significant, uh, a mm -hmm. couple years ago, population there or just here in Peoria. But homeless is interesting because you, th what do you think? You don't have an address. You don't have an address. You don't have, you're living in your car. It could be living with grandma. Okay. It could be doubling up. It could be living with your aunt. It could be living, you know, somewhere that's just, you don't, you don't have a single family dwelling. And so they're entitled to special services. And that's Mary Ellen's job is to make sure those children are protected and get the things that they need. Wow. That's great to know that it's out there, but that number crushes me. Because I remember we talked about that number a while ago, mm -hmm. but I know that it was significantly less, so over 1,000 is really sad. That is yeah. much higher than it was even just a year ago. So is there anything that the public can do to help with that? Is there anything that you guys have as needs? Because I know that's one of the other things that Tim and I talk about a lot is, you know, how can people help? How can people volunteer, give back or whatever? What are your guys' needs? Sure. Maybe specifically to the homeless? 
when educators look at our babies coming through the door of the school, they need to be healthy. They need to be prepared and ready because anything that I'm going to teach as the teacher can only be learned in a healthy whole body. Mm -hmm. And that's more than just having um, brushed your teeth and not feeling ill and those kinds of things. You need to have a uniform if you're in Peoria Public Schools. We're constantly collecting uniforms. You might not have had electricity. I can't tell you the number of families in this week of heat that don't have air conditioning. And those kinds of things, we're constantly collecting resources so that if we work with the family, and this is also on the truancy side of the operation, sure. truancy is a symptom. If you're not coming to school, there's something going on. Right. And it could be something is that I don't have hygiene products all the way up to the lights aren't on and we have no water. So we try to act more as the not, here's a ticket, you need to be doing this. How can we help you? How can we be a case manager for you and serve you? And those are the kinds of things our families need. Mm -hmm. Access to food, all those basic needs. Mm -hmm. So if, they're not, if it's hot out, they're not sleeping, they come to school, maybe some, well, a lot of different difficulties involved with that. Well put. So. Why would math matter? Yeah. And so if I'm <laughs> right. tired and I'm hungry and, and I had a bad night hot. and Didn't I'm sleep. hot, yes. Hmm. So most definitely, got to take care of those needs first. Sounds like there's a little more compassion than maybe there used to be. We're trying. Yeah. So what are you passionate about with what you do? I, I know there's a lot of different things, but what would you say you're most passionate about? What I am probably most passionate about is social and emotional learning. That means a lot of things to a lot of people. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... We've grown beyond just realizing basic needs are those hygiene products and sleeping well and those. You have to be mentally ready for school. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of mental health needs in our community. We are seeing children being bombarded by things. I Thank God there wasn't social media when I went to high school, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing high schoolers struggling with social media. We're seeing high schoolers struggle with isolation even though they're bombarded with constant information all the time. From the recession in 2009, we still have families that have not recovered. And the economic stresses that they're under that then spills into the kids. And then the opioid crisis. There are just constant things that are, are influencing our children, bombarding our children. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, the research on ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, everything from the death of a parent, the incarceration of a parent, um, poverty, violence, living in constant violence to you becoming numb. And that literally changes the brain. And if it changes pathways in the brain, then how do I as the educator undo that or grow a new pathway? And that is one of the things I'm most passionate about, trying to support the work of Derek Booth at Peoria Public Schools. He's the social and emotional coordinator. And how do, we, how do we provide those services in a way that children can access them and then they can get the help that they need so that they can actually learn while they're at school? So what some of those programs look like? Do you, have you guys dove into that yet? We are looking at, without trying to get all lingo-y, we can do that as educators. Mm -hmm. so if I acronym <laughs> you to death, you'll have to yeah. tell me. Um, and a, a tier one approach is what are we going to do for all kids? So what is the culture of the building? Are we warm? Are we engaging? Are we building relationships with children? 
And then if that's not working and bringing all the kids in, what do we need to do at an extra level? What is that something special that a kid that has some needs, maybe we need to pull them out. Maybe they need a small group situation where they can talk to one another. Maybe they need somebody to check and connect. There's a special teacher they like that just says, hey, how are you doing today? And has that special relationship. But we have kids in all districts that reach what we call the tier three. It's time to get some outside services. Maybe you need actual counseling a doctor's appointment with some intervention. And that's what we're doing right now is looking for those outside services. Mental health services are hard to find. Few and far between. Few and far between. And now you've got all the talks about depression and suicide coupled with the challenges that they're doing and all of that stuff. Well, and not to mention the balance of, you know, my 17-year-old takes a Facebook quiz and thinks she has seasonal as- affect disorder. And so how do you balance the fact that, you know, that how, what, what's that line between that they're reading those kinds of things and then when there's a real need and helping to support them as they grow? Having teenagers these days is, wow, it's certainly not like when I went to high school. And so it's really brought an awareness to me as a mom, much less the regional superintendent, of the different needs that kids have today. So how do you compete? with social media and all of that yeah i think we have to use i go to a lot of meetings about how do we prevent teen pregnancy how do we get messages about out about mental health and suicide Mm -hmm. and we want to have a meeting nobody's going to come to a meeting well we'll offer food no one's going to come to a meeting and we need to get where they're at right right and even adults me who is a is an immigrant to to the digital world. My kids are natives, and we need to go way where they are at and give them the information in a way that they are consuming it. Whether that's a hashtag, I've learned how to snap. <laughs> I'm not. It's it's not intuitive, and uh, it, whether it's hashtags or news stories or clips or a YouTube channel, we have got to get out there and be where they're at. And now most adults, even though that's not how we grew up, we've migrated there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I listen to someone else talk about that, just being on Facebook and even, you know, just watching the kids and listening and maybe even commenting or um, trying to fill a little bit of their information with different quotes and just trying to be positive and educational, even if they think you're being corny or whatever. But, no doubt about it. But putting that feed out there. And that's another thing that I am passionate about is that if George Washington were to come back alive today, the number one place he'd probably feel comfortable is in an American high school because it's desks, first hour, second hour, third hour, math, English, not integrated and not applied to the real world. And we're starting to see some innovation and transition. But technology is the perfect way to transform classrooms. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're just going to take the chalkboard and switch it out for a smart board and write on it, that's not what I'm, I'm talking about, true innovation and revolution. They need Chromebooks. They need to be in Google Classroom. They need to be flipping. Go home and do the worksheet. Come back to school for the discussion. Mm-hmm. Watch the video on Google Classroom at home and come back for the conversation, the collaboration, the working together. Businesses don't tell us we need kids that know information anymore. I mean, you can find something out in 20 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But they need to be able to collaborate, cooperate, be on a team, and those kinds of things. So classrooms need to be revolutionizing. So besides flipping the classroom, the schools have kind of some unique um, solutions 
um, a, a school out at Wildlife Prairie Park. Mm -hmm. And tell us about some of those unique solutions that you guys are doing. A lot of the discussion at the national level you hear right now is choice and vouchers and having what, what parents and families and students want are options. Because one size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. right. And we have tried for decades, for centuries, to fit everyone into that first hour, second hour, third hour with isolated subjects. Kids need options, especially today with some of the mental health needs, the anxiety. Those are the kids that we lost. Those are the kids that dropped out. So instead of that, what other options are there? You're always going to have the kids that can follow that traditional path. Mm -hmm. Well, what about kids that want to do it at an accelerated rate? What about the kids that want to complete their associate's degree while they get their high school diploma? Where are those options? And then you have what we do at Wildlife Prairie. If you are not successful, for whatever reason, anxiety, um, not successful with your grades, your attendance, difficulties at home, we take them and we surround them with love and relationships and grow that social and emotional part of them so that they can be successful. And sometimes you need that option as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Planting the seed that everyone's accepted. It's just everybody is different, which is, that's the thing that we still don't do is embracing difference. It's so well put. And I don't like the word alternative school because it says you weren't good enough for the traditional. You need an alternative. No, you needed an option. Mm -hmm. And so why not provide an option? And another thing I'm excited about is that Peoria has, the Peoria Public Schools has a competency waiver. I know that's kind of lingo-y, but <laughs> what that's going to allow them to do is to break out of that first hour, second hour, third hour, and do some things that are different and provide competencies instead of grades and have a new alternative route to high school diplomas. I mean, how exciting is that? So what does that mean? Um, if you were in a Cisco program going into the IT world, if you, are, if you are good at things like that and you can get through it in a month, we measure school by the amount of time, we call, we call it butts and seats. <laughs> we measure it about the amount of time you sit there. Why base it on time? Why not base it on the learning? And so with IT and Cisco, if you move through the competencies, you could complete the course in a month rather than dragging it out all semester and move on to another project and to a new competency. We're also looking to do that in some of their other pathways with manufacturing. But the one I'm excited about is we are looking at, I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm so sorry. No, I, get, I get very excited about anything to do with, I just love school. Taking those 17-year-olds that haven't gotten any credits and we have a lot of them, mm. more than you realize. Wind up at 17 because they didn't do well in their early career. They only have two or three high school. They're not going to graduate. Taking that cohort of kids, allowing them to have GED instruction, take the GED but have additional requirements. They have to do volunteer service projects. Maybe they have a co-op, so they have the, a job that they go to and get job training or an apprenticeship. And then with that, once they pass the GED, get their high school diploma. We have to have options. Let's be bold and let's be innovative. Let's not force ourselves into the first hour, second hour, third hour model. Yeah, that's really great. Do you guys have, I know that like with Rotary that I get to go down to Roosevelt and listen to those kids read. And they're just, they're a bundle of joy and it's, it's so cool to be down there with them. But do you guys have a lot of people doing that? Do you know? I do know that through the foundation led by Cindy Morris, 
that they have an adopt-a-school program, and right. Rotary is one of the big games in town when it comes to doing those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But there are churches that are doing some really innovative things with school and supporting the work, all the way to different businesses. You name it, there are different groups in our schools trying to support the learning. But reading with kids, yeah, that's the number one way to impact student achievement, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Another unique place is Treewind Schools. Are you involved with that? I just met with the Treewin leadership yesterday. Awesome. Treewin is now going to have what they're calling a therapeutic school on the backside side of it. They're going to absorb the emotionally um, uh, kids that are challenged. They're going to absorb the safe school, which is kids that are expelled, and the day treatment for kids that are struggling. And they're going to be, by putting them all in one location, they're able to provide those wraparound services in a more effective way, things that those kids need to help them be successful mm -hmm. that takes more time, energy, and treasure, to be honest, um, to support them so they can be successful. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like there's so much good going on with mm -hmm. you guys with what, everything that you're doing. And it, it's not it's, – I'm here to be a support. It's the leadership in our schools right now that are doing everything that they can to make kids successful. And sometimes, unfortunately, in the new, that's not all that you hear. You know, you, if, if we mess up, and we do, that's the part that you hear. And that, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just getting, appreciating the teachers. Are you guys, um, do you have anything to do with the hiring of teachers, or how does that work? I don't, but... I am working with all of our districts because we have a teacher shortage. Really? If you want to put that out and blast it on any one of these <laughs> channels, um, I did a town hall meeting last night and someone came to the microphone and said he was a retired teacher. And when he finished, I said, thank you for your service. Would you like to come back and sub? <laughs> we do we have a massive teacher shortage in all areas. Huh. Peoria Public Schools is offering a signing bonus in key areas. And so we can't find special education teachers high school math and science, middle school math and science, we need teachers. There were 30 unfilled positions in Peoria Public Schools last year. And where there used to be 50 applicants for a job, there's now one or two. Wow. And it's starting to be, and substitute teachers just can't be found. And so if anyone, anyone out there is interested <laughs> in teaching, please come see me. And you'll make it happen. I will make it happen. That's I, I always hear of people wanting to be a teacher and not finding jobs, so that kind of surprises me. Send them my way. Okay, I remember that. So why should they be a teacher in Peoria area schools? It's the best job in the world. <laughs> I knew I wanted to be a teacher since second grade. It is, bar none, the most rewarding career I can ever imagine. I, to this day, will be, um, I was at Kroger and my groceries were going down, and there's this kiddo bagging the groceries, and he says, Miss Kreider, my maiden name, Miss Kreider, I look up, six foot five, Richwoods graduate, getting ready to go to Western, one of my kindergartners. Wow. Um, a lot of my kindergartners now follow me on Facebook because they're now 20, oh, I shouldn't say this, I'll say how old I am, 23, 24, 25 years old, doing great things. There is nothing more rewarding than thinking you planted some of those seeds, mm -hmm. and it is the best relationship, and, and learning about their families and, and getting to meet those moms, it's the greatest thing. That's cool. Do you remember your kindergarten teacher? Yes. What was her name? Uh, Mrs. Corrigan. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Pearson. Miss Corrigan was the first grade teacher that I really wanted to have. <laughs> we were, grew up in a very small school, but anyways. Yeah. Who was your favorite teacher? 
Mr. Wasmer. Why? Because he changed my life. Exactly. He empowered me to think beyond where everybody put me. So that uh, really impacted me. And teachers have the ability to do that. It's a yeah. great thing. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite teacher? Well, I remember my kindergarten teacher, which was Mrs. Slickshop. And she was awesome. Um, but then after that, I don't know. I would actually go to high school, and it was Mrs. Kelsch, just because she just had that soft touch and just really believed in whatever it is that you did and just was very embracing. And, yeah, so I always – I remember a lot of my teachers, but, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like school. I hated school. <laughs> and I've always asked that question because people never tell me because they gave me this really great assignment or we had this really – sometimes it's a great <laughs> yeah. project. It's always how they made you feel. And those are the, those are the teachers that get the art of it, mm-hmm. the art of teaching, not yeah. the science. And, right. and when you're like that and when you have a teacher like that, you learn more yeah. just just because you're more excited about You're ripe for it. You're hungry for it. Right. Those are the great ones. Right. Well, being present too, right? Because I think at home, because of technology, as we've discussed, even parents are on their phones. And what? Never. <laughs> and so kids are enjoying, if you know, if they are present, that one-on-one with an adult uh, that they might not have gotten, or you know, families are growing, and so it's just a fact. No doubt about it. Some kids get more time with the teacher than they do with teacher's the pet. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So um, we have about four minutes left. Is there anything else that you want to cover? How about this? As we prepare for a new school year, I shared with you early on that one of the major focuses of our office is safety. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's a conversation that we're having to have at a variety of levels, right? How to Mm -hmm. be safe when you are online, how to be a good digital citizen, all the way to how to keep our buildings safe and our children Because unfortunately in the national news last year, how many experiences did we have where there was someone that came into the building for not good purposes? Mm -hmm. Um, In Peoria County, we are very, very aware of that. And we have an excellent partnership with Peoria County Sheriff's Department. Lieutenant Quast is my main man. And he goes to every single one of our buildings in the county and makes sure they have a safety plan communicates with them, and runs through drills. I went with him last year to Dunlap High School, and it was eye-opening. So the school goes on lockdown, and they dress in plain clothes, stocking hats, and go through the building. One teacher actually tried to tackle, said, you are not going through this hallway, till she figured out it was a drill um, because it's unannounced. So I, we're hosting our second annual safety seminar on August 7th, and Peoria County administrators will be coming We're going to do a year in review. We had some very unfortunate incidents in Peoria last year. If you will remember the tasing incident at Peoria High, we had an incident with a very angry parent, step-parent, pull a fire alarm to try to evacuate the school. We had a variety of different things happen, and we're going to do a year in review. What worked, what didn't work, kind of a debrief, Mm -hmm. and talk about new things we've learned in terms of school safety, and then all get back on the same page again about what does it mean to keep our schools safe. So that's coming up August 7th. Lieutenant Quast is um, my partner with that. I was going to say my partner in crime. That seemed a little inappropriate. (laughs) Um, And he's just the best. And in the Peoria Police Department, Steve Rogie is the liaison from that to Peoria Public Schools. And there's just some really good partnerships there where we're all trying to work together to keep the kids safe. 
Very good. So what's the best way to um, either reach you or um, if they're interested in teaching? Oh, please call me if you're interested in teaching. Um, we are on the fourth floor of the Peoria County Courthouse, 672 6906 we do have a website right now it's hosted on the peoria county website but i'm getting ready to launch a brand new site with Good. lots of information and a way to access forms and things that we don't have on the other site with a video that explains everything that we do at the regional office so we're very excited about that launch here in about a month great so an email address maybe that you want to share too it's my name b dairy b is in boy d is in david at PeoriaROE.org. Awesome. You can look on our website uh, on Facebook and see all the different information there, too. So you're listening to In the Neighborhood. We're with Beth Deary, and we're talking about Peoria County Schools. Is that correct? That's correct. Got that right. All right. Um, make sure you visit us on uh, Facebook, on uh, Peoria Life, and In the Neighborhood. And um, from Stacy and I, have a great day. Thank you for having me. PeoriaLife.com